Stay inspired on the go with Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast from internationally acclaimed executive coaches, authors and ministers, Albert and Comfort Okran. You will be inspired and challenged with strategies to consistently reach for new heights. And now, today's message by Reverend Albert Okran. Good evening and a warm welcome to Joy 99.7 FM and to Springboard, your virtual university. Thank you for making time to be with us tonight. My name is Albert Okran, and on behalf of my virtual academic board, comprising the Registrar Comfort, supported by Matthew Amos and Insurer, it's just a blessing to be with you on the show. I trust that between now and 8 p.m. when you graduate, your personal value will shoot up. Springboard is brought to you by Legacy and Legacy. Enjoy 99.7 FM, your superstation. This is the place where different generations of leaders converge for a virtual learning experience. Tonight, this show is proudly sponsored by EcoBank, the Pan-African Bank, and our print media support comes from the Business and Financial Times and the Graphic Business, while Dream Mobile provides technology support. Let me start with our verse for the day from the book of Proverbs chapter 1 and the verse 20 and 21 and it says wisdom calls aloud outside. She raises her voice in the open squares. She cries out in the chief concourses at the openings of the gates in the city. She speaks her words and that is wisdom. Alright, so someone might say, I want to get to the top, but I have no one to coach me. Well, tonight the good news is that you have the direct benefit of wisdom calling out to you from the festival of ideas. And so, corporate executives get to be promoted to the highest office based on their ability to master a set of attributes that are critical for success as CEO or organizational head. Some of these attributes include being able to motivate people, communicating, teamwork, creative problem-solving, decision-making, conflict resolution, controls or compliance, and interpersonal skills. In her recent interview on this show, the MD of Unilever Media Kutu shared four things that she thinks are lead competencies. Judgment, drive, influence, and networking. So what exactly did she say about them at the festival? Tonight, I bring you a playback of her message on mastering key competencies. If you want to be a CEO, this is a time to pull out your tablet, your notebook, and get ready for an inspiring experience. But before that, I have somebody in the studio that I'd like to introduce. Somebody who was a very integral part of the Festival of Ideas. He, he moderated both the morning and the evening sessions and he will give me that perspective about the festival and what was special about the festival for him and by extension for participants in both sessions. I have Jerry Ajolulu in the studio tonight. Jerry, good evening and welcome to Springboard. Good evening, Rev. It's a pleasure to be here. As always, Albert. <laughs> How is everything, sir? It's all going well. Fantastic, fantastic, fantastic. So just in a couple of minutes, I'll find out from you what 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 did it for you at the Festival of Ideas? What you, you, you had the benefit of witnessing both the morning and the evening sessions. What was the one thing or the two things that really in terms of content, in terms of the experience, what, what what was the two big takeaways for you from the festival? I'll come I'll come to you in a minute to find out that one. But just before that, just for the benefit of our listeners, let me just remind you that the festival compilation is available, and we'll talk about that later on the show. And I'll also tell you why you must mark a particular date in the year 2017, in the month of August. Why you must mark that date and refuse to let anything cross you on that day. But 
2016 commitments, three of them. One, improve yourself. Two, improve your value. And three, improve your strategy. So let me come to you, Jerry, and find out from you. You were in the Festival of Ideas. Was that your first festival? Fourth. Fourth festival. Okay, right. So what was the aha moment for you in this particular festival this year? The whole experience was high. But really what caught me, what caught my attention was that two things. Number one is that opportunities knock every day. The mere fact that you've entered corporate life means you have an opportunity to rise to the top. Right. Throughout the, all, the, all the preparations, all the discussions, I beg your pardon, it was evident that no one has a patent for rising to the top. We all have that ability. But the other thing that caught my attention was that preparation is key. Most people feel that the ascent to the top is automatic. And Kweku Beduadu made it very emphatic and said that it is a marathon. It's not a sprint. So those who are equipped with the qualities that they've mastered over the years from the basics are the ones who are destined to make it to the top. So that was your main takeaway, sure. the, the, the marathon and not the exactly. sprint. Yes, right. So those who think you can get it in a couple of minutes and, and, and actually claim it in prayer, it's not just about claiming, <laughs> it's also about about working your way through. Right. So the morning session was driven largely by content and the evening session by experience. Yes. Um, which of the speakers drilled you? I mean, uh, I, I mean, connect you in a particular way that you, 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 you find yourself thinking about in the, in, in the course of time? Kweku Beduadu. What about his presentation? Kweku Beduadu touched me because it relates more to how I started in corporate life without any blueprint. I stumbled into insurance right after attachment through service and then automatic, it became a job. But I was fortunate to have met a CEO whose ascent to the top was very deliberate. Mr. George Kudradis, and I say good evening to you this evening. And upon he assuming office as MD of my company, I walked to him. I was the first person to go and greet him when he assumed office. And in the evening, I went over to him just to share my aspirations, how I wish I could, you know, explore my various opportunities in insurance. He listened to me and just told me two things, that life or the ascent to the top is intentional and preparation is key. It's been how many, eight years down the line, and at the Spring World, uh, the Festival of Ideas, these same principles have been re-echoed. Deliberate. Yes. Right. Deliberate. Right. I guess that for many people who attended, I mean, if they got to see the engine room, the, the various meetings, the drawings, the planning, every inch of space being mapped out, then that's just the benefit of being deliberate. Sure. Right. We'll, we'll play back today the, mes- the message about mastering key competencies by media Kutu. one very i mean very very powerful message about the key competencies that you will require and she spoke with so much authority and i i, I believe our listeners will benefit and when we come back we'll be picking out the key lessons and then bringing some perspectives from some of our listeners but hey if you are listening out there tonight if there's something that maybe says that connects to you just just send your own thoughts to us by whatsapp zero two four nine 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 five 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 zero two four quadruple nine triple five just send what exactly is it that made you saying that is really connecting to you and we'll be happy to share it to the whole world after and now we'll try and open the phone lines and get some perspectives from you after the show this is springboard brought to you by legacy and legacy enjoy fm is proudly sponsored by ecobank the pan-african bank just pull out your pens your notebooks your tablets and let's talk about mastering key competencies with Medi akutu please don't go away I'm sure many of you have heard about skills and competences. 
but frankly, we tend to focus on our skills, and rightly so at the early stages of our careers. But as we grow and develop and get to more senior leadership positions, competences become more important. In terms of everyday English, when we say competency, we know it's the ability to do something successfully or efficiently. But in the business arena, when we talk about key competences, we're talking about specific qualities that a company has decided are desirable for their employees to possess. We know many of them to be things like teamwork, decision-making, leadership, responsibility. But critically important, if you're trying to succeed in your organization, you need to know which ones of the many competences your organization believes are important and focus on driving those. In Unilever, we use competencies in a couple of ways. During regular end-of-year assessments or mid-year reviews, we always talk about the what and the how. So the what is, did you achieve the target? Did you do 80%, 90%? The how is, how did you achieve those results? And that's where competences come in. But we take this to another level, and we use competences to assess potential. In Unilever, if you wanna really know whether or not you're on track for a promotion, you wanna be on what we call the HP list, which is a high potential list. And at every level of management, you can get onto the HP list. And when you get onto the HP list, in principle, it means three to five years after getting on that list, you should be promoted to the next level. So it becomes critically important within those three to five years to continue to demonstrate the competences that the company has assessed to determine that you're a potential candidate for promotion. We define performance as how effectively an individual is performing against their existing objectives in their current role. But potential is the ability of an individual to meet the challenges of a variety of future performance standards. Future performance standards, which may or may not be similar to their current role. How are you going to determine if somebody can meet a future performance standard? It is not necessarily because they're delivering today. It is more about what behaviors are they demonstrating, what competences are they demonstrating which, if applied to future events where they're given greater responsibilities, one can anticipate that they're likely to be successful. We look at basically three competency areas to determine if a person has high potential, and that's judgment, drive, and influence. It sounds very simple, but those three competences can hold you back from the next level of management. 
Under each of those, we have three key pillars. Under judgment, we have things like spotting issues, rigor, framing. Under drive, aspiration, initiative, self-assurance. And under influence, we have self-awareness, environmental radar, and range of influence. I will go through each of them individually. So, judgment. What do we mean by judgment? Many people assume that if you have a high IQ, you're good to go. And that is not the case. It is just the baseline. You need to be able to put things in context. Even in the first world, they rarely have 100% of the data and information they require to make a decision. So you need to weigh the hard facts and figures. You need to weigh sometimes the politics, the people involved. You need to put things in context. And then make a decision. In Africa, where we're very data poor, judgment becomes even more important. But as Kweku said during his presentation, decision-making in leadership is critical. And not everybody is able to make the tough calls when it is absolutely required. And if you are not comfortable making tough calls based on your best judgment, then maybe, just maybe, you don't really want that top job. Because this is one of the key factors involved in leadership. I'll give you some personal examples on these elements. In terms of judgment, in 2014, I think many of you know that that's when the economy started to become very, very difficult in Ghana. I did a presentation recently, and my first slide had just a picture of a deer in the headlights. Because for the first six months, that's basically what we did as an organization. We were so shocked, and everybody was just like, wow, did you see the exchange rate this morning? Oh, my God, where's inflation going to? But we all sat and watched and mesmerized. And whilst we did that, our profits went south and red. When we finally woke up, we did assessments, we reviewed what was going on in the economy, took some tough decisions, and were therefore able to spot the key issues and address them. And in the picture was our end of year party because once we got over the deer in the headlights period, we actually had a successful year going into 2015. And that is what judgment is about. Firstly, you must be able to spot issues, understand what is going on in the environment and what its potential impact on your organization or your function is. You need to be rigorous with your assessments. 
with data. You have to be happy and comfortable doing analysis. If you do not like analyzing data, if you do not like to get insights out of data, then you're not showing the right competency for the next level of management. You need to also be able to frame information and put things in context. Are things in line with your strategy? Is it going to help to meet the business goals and objectives? How do you make a complex issue simple for your team to understand and be able to take actions to address? These three become the key pillars of judgment. Many of us will be good in one, but not all three. To be high potential, you need to be good at all three. Spotting issues, being rigorous, and framing accurately. The second competency is called drive. What is drive? It is the way we aspire and how we apply our efforts to achieve our goals. A sense of purpose as well as willingness to make oneself uncomfortable in the pursuit of positive ends. What it is not? Pure motivation and desire. I want to be a CEO. It's not enough. My dream is to run the organization. It's not enough. Are you willing to pay the price? Do you know what that price is? Are you driven to do what it takes to make the hope and the dream a reality? The three key pillars on the drive are aspiration. Aspiration, as I've said, is not just I wish it, but somebody who is willing to take the steps to achieve it. If you have drive, you also take initiative. It means you don't always wait for somebody to tell you what to do. You are able to think for yourself, do an assessment of the situation, and come up with recommendations to address the issue, and follow it through, execute, and deliver the results. Initiative. The last pillar for drive is self-assurance. There's a word I love about self-assurance, which is about resilience. The more I read leadership literature, which I love to do, in recent years, the one word that is permeating a lot of leadership literature is resilience. Resilience, resilience, resilience. Kweku says the road is not smooth. It is bumpy and it is hard. Are you going to be able to survive the journey? I'll give you two examples on the issue of self-assurance. In one year, when I was a middle manager, we had a fantastic year. But I had great, great difficulties working with my boss at the time. At the end of the year, my entire team, and when I say entire team, I mean my entire team got a four out of five rating. 
So, and that's unusual because you know we normally do the bell curve. Somebody gets four, somebody's got to get two. Well, the balance came, maybe Akutu is going to get one out of five. You know what that does to your self-confidence? I'm negotiating now for a two rating because my boss says you are one. I'm begging, negotiating for two. We're not even discussing how come I'm not getting four like everybody else if I'm the leader of the team. And he has piled up reason after reason after reason after reason as to why you're just not good enough, as to why you are incompetent, and as to why you deserve a one rating. What do you do after that? Those kinds of situations are difficult. You go home at night and you ask yourself a hundred different questions. You can choose to stay under the covers and stay there for good. Or in my case, I set out to prove you wrong. That is what, we, that is what resilience is about. It's not an easy ride. But it tests you. And I know that more challenges will come ahead. But with each one, you grow tougher. You get a thicker skin. You learn how to better manage yourself. And it prepares you for the next level of leadership. The next competency is what we call influence. Influence is not charisma and popularity. We know people in the organization that everybody knows and they know everybody. That is not influence. We know people who are highly political. They do everything the boss says and nothing their peers say. That is also not influence. Real influence is about having awareness and managing within a people system. You all know whether in church, whether in the office, sometimes you get somebody with a title, and yet we all know that somebody else makes all the decisions. That's where the real power and the influence is. Do you know yourself well enough to get things done in the organization? Do you know who to go to for help? On every CV, we all write about how great we are as team. We, you know, I'm a team player. Really? Sitting in a group does not make you a team player. Listening openly to other people's points of view Allowing it to challenge your own. Knowing that there's somebody in your team who is quiet, but actually is quite insightful. And making sure you create an environment where they can contribute and not leave the table with their information in their heads. It's where influence starts to play. When you get more senior in an organization, 
In our case, for example, you get the union. You get the shareholders, as I've just mentioned. You get a lot of other external stakeholders, the government. How do you manage and influence all your stakeholders? Becomes a question. And the influence are three key pillars. Self-awareness, environmental radar, and range of influence. Many people think they know themselves well, but don't, because they never spend time in what we could call introspection. Do you know what time of day you're actually at your best? Do you know whether you learn by listening or by reading or by writing? Do you know what your true strengths are? Because if you do, then you're able to select jobs and roles that build on your strengths. And when you operate from a position of strength, you cannot help but shine. Environmental radar. I had a boss when I was much younger. I was a brand manager. He was here from Scotland. After six months in the job, one day he just looked at me and said, Oh, maybe. I suddenly realized that the decisions were not being made in the boardroom. They all happened in the corridor after. It took him six months to figure that out. Where are the decisions really being made? What is happening around you on the people level? Where are the clicks? And how do those clicks influence the business? Range of influence. Like I said, some people tend to focus, I want to please the boss, and nobody else matters. Major mistake. You have to be able to please the boss. You have to be able to work with your peers. You have to be able to work with your direct reports. We had a a management briefing session. In the front row are my directors, then the managers, and then the factory workers. How do you influence such a wide range of people? Many of you have heard, to be a leader, you need followers. If they don't follow, I'm not a leader. And yet I've got to be relevant to each and every single one of them. On the other picture, the white man is our CEO, global CEO, Paul Pullman. I love that picture because he can visit a country for two days and not even smile. And in Ghana, we can't seem to stop him from laughing all the time. He laughs, he cracks jokes, he has fun. Because we found the magic of influencing him and putting a smile on his face. But that's no more important than putting a smile on the face of those who work in our factories and putting a smile on the face of those who sweep 
the floors in the office and get it ready for a working day. Influence. How do you influence the team that you work with? The question is, how do you build competencies? Or how do you know if you really, 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 really have a competency? There are certain things I know I am good at. And I know I'm good at them, and exceptionally good at them, because I have been told so several times. I have a little black book. Every time I get a compliment, I write it down. so that I can go and look at it later and think about it. If you get the same compliment one, two, three, four, five times from different people, you should simply start to accept yourself that you're pretty good at that thing. So, my recommendation is find out what your company believes are the critical competencies for that organization. Rate yourself on a scale of one to five on each of those competencies. But now the real test. Now find examples to support your rating in the last two to three years. Because competencies are about behaviors. Sometimes you might say, ah, I haven't done it because I haven't had the opportunity that gives you a great opportunity to go and ask for a project to build a competency. Because when you start to try and find the examples, you start to realize that it's not so easy sometimes. Another great way is then to get feedback from your colleagues. Select 10 people, some more senior, some peers, some more junior, and ask them three questions. What am I really good at and should continue doing? People tell me I'm really good at strategy. I, I can, I, I see it, I just, I just see it. I connect the dots. I'm like, can't you see it? They're like, no, we can't see it. So after they've told me that several times, I accept that I'm good at strategy and I'm good at connecting the dots. What are you good at? By the time three, four, five, by the time you get to the fifth person, you start to see the trends or what they think you're good at. What do I need to stop doing? And what do I need to start doing? If your organization has not written out their competencies or they're not clear on it, by the time your colleagues have finished answering these three questions, you'll get a sense of what the priorities are for your organization. Because if they tell you consistently to stop doing something, then you also know that that is not a behavior that your organization is looking for. So three competencies that Unilever uses to assess high potential, judgment, drive, and influence. By demonstrating these three, we get assessed for high potential and have a likely higher 
probability of being promoted. And this applies at all levels. Even today, I'm still being assessed against these competencies. And somebody said to me, but you're already the MD, what next? In organizations, we have executive vice presidents, we have more senior roles. So I'm looking to get my HP rating for the next level. And so I continue to focus on and to deliver against these competencies. But now, it's against a higher standard. I'm doing MD of a single country. You can get MD of multiple countries. You can become, you know, a marketing SVP. There are many other roles above the MD Ghana level. And so I continue on the journey. And I encourage all of you to continue on your journeys. Competencies do matter. I'm lucky to work for an organization where we not only call it out, we're able to explain it clearly, and we do work with it. But whether or not it is called out, everybody is watching your behaviors, and everybody is assessing you against competencies. You can pick and choose which ones you want to excel at to help you to develop your career. Thank you very much. I see that is exactly why we go to a place called the Festival of Ideas. And I just am, my, I, even listening to it for the third, fourth, fifth time is just so pregnant with lessons. And one thing I can tell you get a black book. Definitely get a black book. <laughs> If you want to know the color of the black book, I'll, I'll explain. The, the black book doesn't need to be black, but you must get a black book. Jerry, Ajalulu, tell me, what's the one thing that is on your mind now? Lots of things. Let me just narrow it down to one. One thing that stands out in this presentation is, for me, is this. Find out what you're good at and show with evidence how you can implement those things. That's tough for you. That, 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 that's, that's big for you. Very. This is Springboard of Virtual University, brought to you by Legacy and Legacy Enjoy 99.7 FM, proudly sponsored by EcoBank, the Pan African Bank. Tonight, we get to play back, or we're playing back, we've just played back the, the, the message on mastering key competencies delivered by Media to the MD of, of Unilever at the Festival of Ideas 2016. We have a couple of, a couple of, people who attended the festival who would like to touch base with and find out their perspectives on, on, on the thoughts that Mehdi shared. Let me start with, with, with Gillian Kuanhama from Databank, head of marketing. Let me find out from Gillian if she was listening to Mehdi and what her key learnings are. Gillian, good evening. Hi, Albert. How are you doing? Excellent. And you? I am fine, thank you. Well, I just got myself a black book. Were you, were you listening to Mehdi presenting on... I was. On, <laughs> I missed the beginning, but I heard most of it. Right. And I absolutely agree with everything she said. Right. So let me let me find out from you. What, what, what was the one big one big takeaway for you from the presentation by Mady? What connected so much to your career? Um, I think for me, it's the drive. Because I believe the drive that people have, it leads to a number of other things. Because if you have drive, then... It will push you, it will push the kind of attitude that you have in the workplace. 
Right. Um, you can't be lazy and have drive. <clears throat> and you can't have drive and not want to be excellent. Right. So for me, if you have drive, that covers a large number of the key steps that I think you would need if you're trying to move up in the management world. Right. Interestingly, under drive, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. part that, that connected to me the most was about resilience, self-assurance and resilience, being able to mm-hmm. bounce back from adversity and from 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 challenges that confront us. And so that's, that was my takeaway from the drive. But let me swing you over to judgment. Something okay. she said about data analysis caught my attention. I guess in the course of what you do, you get to see tons of data, but... The real secret should be about making meaning out of it. What are your thoughts on that? Um, for me, it it kind of comes back to one of my pain points, if I should say that, with a lot of, of people that you come across, where they don't think critically. So they don't ask the question, so if you have data, like why do you have that data? What are you supposed to do with it? They don't take the meaning from it. And I find that, I mean, it's... To a large extent, it may sound overly simplistic, but, you know, somebody gives you a spreadsheet or somebody asks you to even generate data, stop and think about why the person asked you to do it. What are they going to do with it? How are they going to use it? And I think if people, if you even go back to school, you're who, what, why, when, where, and how. If you can even take that and put it into your analyzing any data that comes in front of you, your judgment, your sense of judgment will be much higher. Most people, they don't like asking questions because they don't like the extra work that could come with answering those questions. So, I mean, on judgment, she is bang on. Right. So, um, talking about talking about data, um, mm-hmm. it was interesting that in the morning, somebody asked the question about um, how do we get to increase female participation in the festival of ideas and within seconds we're able to tell her how many women were in the conference what percentage it was 32.3 percent of the whole attendance and and juxtaposed that against 19 percent when we started the festival 10 years ago and the fact that deliberate interventions have been put in place to increase gender participation Mm -hmm. it it was just enlightening that we could generate that that data within within a couple of minutes because it was available and the analysis had been done but let me just take the last point with you Gillian what she, she talked about knowing her strength and she said, listen, my strength is strategy. I just know how to spot the, the connect the dots. Let me mm-hmm. put you on the spot. What, what, what are you strong at, Gillian? <laughs> um, I would think, actually, I would say the same strategy because it's, it's, it's one of the things that I have done and, and focused on a lot over the years, both here when I've been in Ghana and um, outside. And it's, if you push me to the wall, then I would say my top strength that has helped me, even at Data Bank over the last few years that I've been there, has been strategy. that ability to think strategically. Talking about strategy, I need to consult with you about next year's Festival of Ideas because <laughs> we want it to be bigger and better and greater. So mark the date, 17th of August, 2017. I've given you one year's notice. I'm going to come one back to you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm going to come back to you for some ideas about how to make next year even bigger than this year. 
Okay. All right. Julian, thank you for joining us no on Springboard Virtual University. Okay. God bless you. Bye. All right. All right. And that was Julian Kowanhama, the head of marketing at Data Bank, bringing us her thoughts on the Festival of Ideas and particularly on the thoughts shared by um, shared by Midi in her presentation. Let me cross over to Bernard Kelvin Klein. Um, Clive, uh, uh, Bernard is celebrating his birthday, so being a good friend of the virtual investors, it's only fair that I put him on, on the show. And then also find out from him what is the thing. He loves to talk about branding. What was the thing from Midi's presentation that connected to him? Bernard, good evening. Good evening. How are you today? I'm good and good, yeah. Is it okay to wish you a happy birthday on this platform? <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Thank you. All right. So, Bernard, uh, enjoy enjoy your birthday. And from all of us at the Virtual University, we just say God bless you. May you rise from strength to strength and live out your dreams and and become all that God meant for you to be. Amen. Right. You you love to explore the subject of branding. Let me find out from you. What what about Mady's presentation connected to you tonight? Uh, one of the major things that she had mentioned is especially is being like it's being cliche, but the critical key is about finding what you are good at. That is uh, a critical key to success in any field that one might want to push. So, what are you good at? And not only that, but what you can potentially be great at. That is the seed of greatness, and I really, really, really uh, go with that and like that point. What, what, how do you respond to people who suggest that, listen, you, you may be good at something, but there are other areas that you may not be, may not be called for you, but which have financial promise and therefore are a temptation for you? What, what would you say to that? <laughs> yeah, that? Like you mentioned, that is really a temptation. The most important, one of the things I say is that you can do certain things that will bring you some revenue, but most, most importantly, you look at the thing that will give you fulfillment, but which can have potential also giving you some revenue coming in. So you can form certain things that is your passion related and do other businesses that might be bringing you some other huge kind of income. But most fulfillment in life is pursue your your purpose and your passion. Do things that you really are called to do. And uh, I, I keep saying that the fact that you can do something doesn't mean you are called to do it. Mm. So that you find what are my strengths, what are my weakness, what can I do so well, even I'm not being paid for, but what are the other things I can do we can potentially also give me some income. Then you can you find ways to balance it out. But most importantly, follow your passion, follow your dreams. Follow your passion, follow your dreams. Before you leave us, the same thing I did to Julian. What 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 are you called to do? <laughs> to inspire others to live their dreams. Second to inspire others to live their dreams. I need inspiration. I'm going to call you off air and get some inspiration tonight. <laughs> Bernard, thank you so much for, for, for joining us on the Virtual University. Thank you very much. Right. All right. Back into the studio, six minutes to the hour of eight o'clock. And if you just joined us, this is Springboard of Virtual University. We are walking through the playing back and sharing the experience of the Festival of Ideas, trying to glean the critical lessons that were shared in the festival. And the main objective is to allow those who didn't get the benefit of being at the festival to to carry something away because at the end of the day, it's a knowledge-sharing and empowering experience for every single person. I've spoken about my takeaway on judgment, the fact that you should be able to analyze data. I've talked about my takeaway on drive, the fact that you should be resilient and be self-assured. My takeaway on influence is about range, range, being able to influence the gardener, the CEO, and the international consultant 
at the same time. It's something I'm passionate about and I love. Let me come back to my guest in the studio, Jerry Ajololo, who hosted and moderated the Festival of Ideas to give us your closing thoughts from the Festival of Ideas and from the presentation by by Media Kutu and we can bring down the curtain on what has been a very inspiring edition, learning from Media. Jerry, take us home. I will start with I think Aristotle said some time ago, no, Plato, no, sorry, it was Socrates, that they only examined well, life. Well, 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 your classmates? <laughs> They were my teachers. Socrates said the unexamined life is not worth living. And it's the same thing that uh, Midi has said throughout her presentation. I can particularly relate to the issue of uh, finding what you're particularly good at. Right. Some years ago, when I used to be in corporate life, I go out to make presentations, selling insurance, you know, on behalf of my company. And as soon as I'm done with the presentation, the whole room, I mean, where I'm presenting to, is up, you know, just giving me a standing ovation, a round of applause and all that. And... It's time for questions. And the first question they ask, are you on radio or TV? And they can be on this for the next 15 minutes. And I get very offended. And so I say, okay, now back to my presentation. What I say, oh, everybody has come to present insurance. We know but for you. It's particularly because of the way you presented it. I mean, and it was something I never thought of. I never took seriously. But I believe that to know really what you're good at, you must have good friends. And so I've been blessed to have some very good friends in my life who continuously have been pointing me into the direction that I'm in right now. So a few years ago, people encouraged me to take up this thing that I've been doing on the side and seeing as, you know, a full-time profession. I never thought I could stumble into it. Let me just share something that happened right here at JoFM. There was a little vacancy here and the owners of, you know, the production team and all that called me in and they had heard about me and said they wanted to see, they wanted to hear something Trust me, I had nothing. That was two years ago. No evidence of what I'd been doing. But that taught me a lesson that opportunity would come. But preparation is key. Two years down the line, here am I. And by the grace of God, I'm living my passion. Living out your passion. And, and the, 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 the most dangerous thing to happen to you in life is to be given a chance to showcase something and you have no evidence of what you've done. Don't let it happen to you. I've seen it happen so many times. And one person said, oh, Jesus. I said, what, are you, what has Jesus done? <laughs> Nothing. But that's been our, our presentation or playback on the Festival of Ideas. All right. So, Tony, come your way again next week on behalf of Comfort, Matthew, Amos, and Inshira. I want to say thank you to Jerry Ajololo for joining me in the studio for this interactive session. It's always a pleasure. Right. I'm so grateful. Right. So God bless you. God bless you. And God bless you. My name is Albert Okran. Good night. Thank you for listening to Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast by Albert and Comfort Okran. Like our Facebook and Twitter pages at Albert N. E. Okran and Comfort Okran A. For free resources and information about our itinerary, conferences, and media broadcast. For speaking appointments, email albert.okran at icloud.com or SMS or WhatsApp us on plus 233-2499-900. You may also subscribe to www.albertokran.com, amazon.com, or your favorite online bookstore for copies of our inspirational books and audiovisual materials. Until we come your way again, always remember, you are blessed indeed.